episode of Rude Cast Archery with Rudy and Wendell. And we are recording. Cool. I think Dude. we should uh, start by thanking everyone for supporting us on the first episode of the podcast. Yeah, that was awesome. I got a ton of feedback from people about how like excited they were that we actually did it. Yeah, that was... Uh, the responses we got was pretty awesome, and I think um, if you guys want to hear something from us or you want us to expand on something, definitely send us a message because we value what you guys are telling us. Yeah, we set up a um, Facebook page called Broodcast Archery, so you know you can go on there and uh, we'll like be posting when we're going to be doing the next episode. So if like people want to like ask questions or throw something. Throw some comments there. out there. Yeah, whatever, you know. Um, I think what we did last time was really good. Um, I had a really good time doing it. Me too. Um, some some people um, were already off the bat asking us some questions about uh, target archery, and um, they kind of liked what we, where we were going with, uh, with it. Yep. Uh, one of our good friends asked us like what we thought a good tiered system would be for getting better at archery. He was saying like, how do I know if I'm ready to compete with guys that are consistently placing at local events or regional events? Well, the way I would say answer that is like if you have a bow and arrows in your hand and you're ready. Yeah. You know, because I think uh, if you want to get into competition and you want to start shooting then you need to go out there and do it. That's true. And, um, I've listened to probably dozens of podcasts in the last, like, you know, a um, couple months here, and uh, a lot of hunting shows, and, you know, a lot of people wanting to get into hunting kind of, it's, it's the same thing. If you want to become a better hunter, then you have to go hunting. Same thing with uh, target archery. If you want to become a better competitor, you got to just get out there and compete. And... Uh, I hear this a lot from archers when I ask if they're going to go to X, Y, and Z shoot. Uh, a lot of them say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to compete. I'm not ready to go out there or do this event or this tournament. If your end goal is to do tournaments, is to compete in tournaments or compete well in tournaments, there's no better time to start than now. Uh, putting it off does you no good and, and won't help you experience the nerves experience uh the tournament setting like you just gotta get out there and do it um when i first started uh you know a, a guest that we're gonna have on soon would be uh you know the the glorious and wise emerson uh oh, yeah he saw me just walking around the field at redwood bowman he told me about the outlaws and i said the same thing that a lot of people say i said uh i'm definitely not ready to compete and he's like well dude he's like I don't know if you're ever going to feel like you're ready. You just got to get out there and do it. So the first chance I got, I, I went out and did it. And uh, that's it's how you do it. It's the first step is doing it, you know? I feel like, um, you know, there there's never going to be a right time to start anything if, if you, uh, if you, you know, wish is just a wish until, you know, so you take actions to get it going. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You have to uh, actually make a plan or a commitment and say, "I'm just gonna do it." Mm -hmm. um, the, there's a, a lot of local events and things like that, um, you know, which is which are a lot of fun to go to the local, um, you know, 3D and safari events. But um, 
last time we were talking about the possibility of, um, you know, you know, a tiered system or some sort of, I guess the term, I think I spoke incorrectly. I think what I really was trying to get across is I would like to see a more, more cohesion between the regions, right? State. You, you were saying like the regional, national state, level. national, yeah. yeah. Because um, not every region has what we have here in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. They yeah. don't, they, you know, um, Mission Trails, which is, you know, um, south of, uh, so that would be like Kings Mountain, Mount Madonna, Black Mountain Bowman, and uh-huh. um, some of the clubs in that southern region have a really good. They have their uh, own regional series, right? Yeah, they have a, they shoot like a Vegas round, like, or not a Vegas round, I'm sorry, like a 450 round, which is indoor. Uh-huh. Um, they have, um, I believe they have a 900 too. They have a 3D in a field. And so, you know, um, here in, North, in, in NCFAA, which includes San Francisco Archers, uh, uh-huh. Sonoma. Redwood Bowman. Uh, Silverado. Diablo Bowman. And then some of the local shops. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they're all part of the, the region. I think they include Maya too, right? Uh, no, I, that's a different region. Oh, that's a different yeah. region. But like we actually have a series you know and so it, it's a something to start or something yeah to look i think as to. far as the tiered thing you were trying to talk about going from regionals to national or regionals to state state to nationals and having those things not be so independent but more like handoff to the next thing right like yeah. like you compete in regionals and then you go and you compete in a state and then you you, get, you know if you get the hang of that you go on to compete in nationals yeah. right yeah, I, I thought about it some more after I said that, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, um, participation is is also a factor too. Meaning, you know, these you know the clubs, organizations have to make money too. So by making right. it open to everybody, um, it does it does allow more people to participate and make it worth the while, you know, because um, I think uh, just paying your dues alone to the NFAA isn't enough you know like what do we pay 75 bucks a year uh-huh. and then a portion of that goes to the state and then a portion of that goes to the region that you're that you live right. in so you know they they rely on on those events to also you know make money and 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 keep uh you know we'll have to pay for targets and all that those uh-huh. expenses so i think um what I'd said last time about it being a, a you know, a progression uh-huh. um, may not be the way, the best thing. In fact, um, uh, USA Archery recently had been talking about um, the possibility of opening up events what? to everybody. Like, oh, really? Even like the, at the world level. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I, just, I heard it on the Easton podcast. Right on. But... Um, I don't personally listen to the Easton podcast, but I'm sure there's good information there. Yeah, I mean it's it's it made sense, you know, um, you know, allowing more participation. But I think um, we were also talking about how, you know, um, you know what what's the reason for doing competition and what's the reason for for doing these events? Oh yeah, that's true. I, I mean, what's your reason, Rudy? Why do you do competition? Well, it goes back to the shot and just enjoying shooting my boat like it that's what uh-huh. originally i enjoyed when i first did archery like it just felt really great doing it uh-huh. um i wanted to, to do it because of hunting i wanted to get into bow hunting right and so i got really distracted with target so yeah but that's why i do it and then um now i continue to do it because 
um, I enjoy shooting and also part of me um, as a coach and working full-time in a shop I feel like it keeps me legitimate right you're a legit competitor yes right no one wants to be coached by some guy who's like a couch archer or someone who has a theory right so yeah someone who doesn't apply this consistently yeah because I mean just to be perfectly honest with you like I mean I've gone I've got um, I've gotten my level four uh-huh. through USA Archery. Right. And, um, you know, the level two was basically anybody can get a level two. You just take the class. Correct. I almost and had a level then, two. Like, I I just, I don't give a shit about. Yeah. And, and really, uh, you know, the course really doesn't really cover anything other than, like, how to safely set up a range. And, right. Like, if you can read a book it, and regurgitate answers, you can get your level yeah. two. And it goes into, like, very basic, you know, form. But it's mostly geared towards recurve yeah nts shot system right yeah well at the level two part of the course it's very very vague Uh the level three gets in more into like the nts stuff for Uh for recurve shooters and that but the point is is that as long as you pay the money and take the class you're going to pass right you know it wasn't and when i got my level four at that time it was a um, you had to go to the chula vista uh-huh. Coach Lee had to sign off on your certification, so oh, wow. it was like you. It was like pass or fail, mm-hmm. and like did they have like a low success rate too? Yeah, like half the class would fail. But right. But where I'm getting at is like you know the the whole like I got a piece of paper, so you have to listen to me, is like bogus. Like you see guys on Facebook or coaches saying you should listen to me or know what right. I'm talking about because I have this piece of paper. It says I'm so level two. I'm telling everybody out yeah. there right now that little piece of paper doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Le- level two, you know, doesn't mean much. It's really level three, level four. I mean, it's where... important. It's important because it gets people, it gets, you know, parents, it gets uh, clubs in into the system so that they can teach archery, have insurance, yeah, and at least follow some kind of structure. I know insurance but, is a big one. But when people default to that, as their yeah, listen reason to what, for teaching. Yeah, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 But to not get too off topic here, I, you know, I do, I do, uh, I do the competition because I feel I need that. I need that in my resume. That real world experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I enjoy doing it, you know, so, I mean, it's like a win-win for me. I get to like shoot my bow and make a living doing it. Right. And I get to teach archery and fix people's bows and sell bows and. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, you're really plugged in, man. I, I'm a I'm a regular guy with a nine to five that I do archery because I really like it. It's my my zen thing. And as far as competition goes, I you know, I don't know what it is. I used to have that dream of like being a a team shooter, or sh- you know shooting pro for X Y and Z company, but once I kind of realized that it's not exactly the way it's sold to you. Um, my goals have kind of changed and I, I shoot now because I have like a personal goal. I've, I've personal goals within archery that, you know, I've most of my goals I've been able to achieve in archery. And now it's, now I've kind of like raised the bar for myself personally. And it's really got to do it for yourself. Archery is something you got to do for yourself, you know, and, uh, don't do it cause you think you're going to get something out of it. Do well, it cause, well, did you, um, I mean, cause you see here, you won, you won uh, field nationals. You won yeah. Reading last year. Yeah, these are all and in the amateur class. Yeah, you won. Uh, what else did you win? I won uh, the state indoor uh, four fifty. I won the state field championship. I won the Oregon Safari 
Uh, that was the year before that. I won the Oregon Safari. Um, I won the BC shoot. That's a regional, or it's kind of like a local safari shoot. And you shot at 899 in Vegas. I shot at 899 in Vegas. Um, I set a national record in Mechanicsburg where uh, I got my name next to the, the infamous Mark Rubio. We both are now in the NFA record books for shooting uh, 559s field rounds. That's a one point down for a field round. And how many manufacturers came knocking at your door? Uh, absolutely none. Yeah. And, and that's not a diss at the manufacturers. That's no. Just... No, because uh, everyone should know, like, this has been said before by other pros, like, manufacturers sponsor people who sell bows, you know, like, or who, they move product. And quite frankly, yeah, like, like, Rudy over here is, like, one of the biggest Hoyt uh, dealers in, in the Bay Area, you know, aside from Archer Emily, who... Who also sells Hoyts? Like Rudy's the guy, and, uh, and all the all the shops do really well. Yeah, all all the shops around here do pretty good, and um, and that's just it. It's not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Buck Heron said it best on. I think he said it on Facebook. He said the manufacturers don't give a fuck about what score you put down, and that's, and that's true. You know, I mean, the the industry has its set of pros that they market. You know, and I'm sure they are concerned about what scores those people put down. But as far as we go here in the state, at the state level, you know, or regional level, thinking you're going to get a jersey and a contract just because you won a novelty shoot is ridiculous. And I mean, I'm telling you from as a guy who won nationals, and uh, I think I, I placed third at the at Yankton, first Dakota Classic. Um, my my resume is is huge, um, but truly, it's it's for myself. It you know, I, I tried to use that. I had this mindset. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get the contract. I'm gonna get the bow. Eh, it doesn't happen. So, so I think, I think, uh, I think what, um, like Wendell got into, into what he was just talking about. Um, we actually had somebody send us a message that asked about, about that, you know, and like why, why you do archery and and you see a lot of guys with the shirts and whatnot. Um, Either they're representing a shop, which is awesome, which is what I think uh-huh. all of us should do. Like we should definitely rep our, you know, our, right. de- our dealers, um, you know. And um, but I, I don't but think we've said I, at the same time though. I think we need to. You should do it for yourself. Right. I think people need to like if you want to shoot and go to uh, an outlaws and get better, you need to do it because you want to do it and not because you are um, trying to have the goal of. Right. Um, shooting for a shop or to say that you're sponsored by someone yeah if you do that you will actually I think hold yourself back and I think speaking from personal experience um, that held me back Word. like like being 100% honest um, I felt like you shoot really well and then you, you get you know the discounted product and then you have like this expectation that you put on yourself uh-huh to, to do well and and honestly um, unless you're getting a paycheck and you're a professional I think it's a lot of extra stress to put on yourself when you're a right. brand new shooter or an amateur yeah. like at the amateur level like Especially think about that at the amateur level yeah. think about that people like if you're at at the amateur level it really doesn't matter what you win you know what I mean like you gotta win it as a pro you win something as a pro then they'll look at you Ben English he won what did he win uh 
You won field nationals as a pro. As a pro. Like, that guy shot in the pro class. He's he's one of us, right? He's from California. So, I'm Oregon. He's from Oregon? Yeah, left coast, right? Mm-hmm. He, he shot field nationals as a pro. He stepped on Jesse Broadwater's face, and he won that event. He got sponsored. But he did it as a pro. You can't... I think I think actually Ben English was already a uh, a pro prior to prior to that. I think he was sponsored prior to that. Uh-huh. See, th- there's a thing, right? Like, but he was still some, a pro. He was still right. Pro and class, he was yeah. to be Jesse Broadwater. You have to be shooting at a high level already. It's not like he just peaked, got lucky, and beat Broadwater. That, he, that was one of those years where it's like um, I think that was the year, just the same year that Jesse dropped one down in Reading. Wow. And I mean, so that that was a year where. A lot of people were shooting amazing. Right. You know, there's a lot of strong a lot competition of field, out there. Really awesome field scores. And also, I, I don't know how long ago that was, but I think that industry has changed a little bit to where, you know, I don't think they hand out sponsorships quite so well. Well, about two anymore. years ago, a lot of companies cut their budgets. Uh huh. You know, um, I mean, there was a, you know, from after 2013, the industry was down like 25%. Like there there was a, a pretty, you know, decline, pretty big decline in, in, in bow sales and um, in the industry. Um, we're, we're an anomaly here in the Bay Area where we've had a, you know, where the rest of the, the country maybe was um, not growing as much, but here in the Bay Area and in California, archery continued to grow. Uh-huh. You know, but... Um, Is it still growing right now? Yes. Cool. But um, but primarily more in the hunting world. But um, I think I think uh, what we're getting, what I, at least what I'd like to get across to people is, if you are a bow hunter and you want to become a better bow hunter, you should shoot your bow year round. And there's no better way than to do that than to get yourself a target bow, and during the summer, um, or during the winter, um, shoot indoor leagues, shoot outdoor leagues, get into competition, do outlaws. And then by the time hunting season comes around, you you are primed and ready. Yeah, you could shoot your hunting bow too. Yeah, you, you could, could roll bow hunter freestyle yeah. and just shoot your hunting bow all year long. You know, that's how a lot of people got started. But yeah, you know, I agree with you hundred percent, Rudy. There's no way to get better than to do it. You know, I mean, when we made the so I don't, not many people know, but last year me and Rudy we made this effort to do nationals. Where both me and Rudy are. Kind of state level shooters that we wanted shooter of the year. Yeah, we both w- took a, a run at shooter of the year in the and for the NFAA, um, and we both like we had this phrase where we would say we doing it like we're doing it when we were on the airplane to go to Cincinnati. We're it, like, it we're was, doing it. It was more like I was being like grumpy and annoyed because I was traveling with Wendell and I didn't really know Wendell that great yet and I, and was, I was trying like, to pump Rudy up I'm like this guy this guy is a little annoying and I was like we're doing it Rudy we're doing it and yeah. you know when after the second plane ride I was like we're doing it Wendell we're yeah. doing it we, in Cincinnati we, we we did it we were doing it and then we went to uh, Yankton buttfuck South Dakota and we were like, we're doing it we're doing that too you know and uh, after that you know uh, we, I did Mechanicsburg and it, it's just the same thing you just gotta do it and uh you know, like we said, don't put heavy expectations on yourself. Do it for the experience. Do it for yourself. Yeah, I had a great time. I mean, that was, like, so awesome. We went to, we went around, like, half the country to go shoot our bows and arrows. Yeah. You know, and. It was know, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was awesome. And, and what we found was that there was people there that were far worse than we were. Oh, yeah. We kicked ass. Yeah, yeah I, I did really well in Yankton. That's right. You placed first. 
right? In the uh, in the second loser flight. Oh, that's it. loser flight. You first made more flight. money. You made way more money than I did. I was in first flight. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I know, got a sweet buckle out of that deal, though. It the buckle was sweet. Yeah, but it was, like it was awesome buckle. doing those uh, brackets. Though that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it, it the other thing that's really cool is you're exposed to a shooting format that you might not normally do at home. Like, uh, like Cincinnati, we did five spot, and I know. The Fat Shafts here does five spot. I think you can shoot a five spot at archery only. You probably do it at Pacifica. We uh, do uh, uh, at Pacifica. We only do the uh, Vegas League right now. Vegas League. So, so you see, it's like some of these events, or like the first Dakota Classic, we had to shoot basically a 900 indoors. And it's like, where would you get a chance to do that? Where do you get to shoot a 900 indoors? Nowhere. I've heard of the 900 outdoors, but yeah, you know, you're dealing with wind, the sun. Day, you know, day, day time slot uh, versus morning time slot. We got to do it indoors at uh, at an Easton Center, right? Yeah, it was the Yankton had the uh, their uh, their um, facility that they built, and then Easton built like another even bigger building right next to theirs and expanded their building. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was such a cool learning experience. So yeah, we we got to do it, and that's you know. It, you know, you might feel like you're not ready to compete. And, you know, honestly, maybe you're not ready, but there's no way to really know until you go out there and do it. Absolutely. Now, I, I know that we've been talking to a lot of, like, people that we know on on this podcast, like, locally that are, like, um, that want to take a, the next step to the next level. But there's also people out there who are, like, at the zero level, meaning uh, there's people that are going to, like, the regular shoots. Uh-huh. And they and they want to take it out to the next level. Those are some of the comments that we got, uh-huh. right? But then there's also people that probably have a zero clue what we're talking about right now. I just realized that we're like talking outlaws. We're talking all these events, and like people probably have no clue, uh-huh. like what we're talking about. So, and uh, I think I think maybe we should just take a minute and like explain like what is target. What do we call target archery in California? Because, like, target archery, when you most commonly hear target archery, you think world archery, USA archery, where they're shooting, like, yeah, or Vegas. in meters. They're shooting, like, meters uh-huh. outdoor, uh, you know, in, in that format. And right. that's commonly referred as target archery. And then we have field archery, which is, like, pretty much king here on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, and then there's 3 I think, I think field archery is pretty much king most places. I would probably disagree with that i mean really yeah you go to pennsylvania is huge well that's pennsylvania but i'm saying uh-huh. you go anywhere else like in the east coast you probably it, good luck trying to find a field course they might have a field course uh-huh. but like guys are only doing 3d gotcha like 3d oh, i was right in the south yeah so so in the east coast south like 3d like asa is king like uh-huh. i mean everyone's shooting you know unmarked right you know and you know that's what rules out there uh-huh. But here in California, we do a lot of field, and then we have what's called safari, and uh-huh. this is like I think what the majority of the people enjoy the most. Right. And so safari is basically redding. Uh, it's a three D animal with a big orange spot on it. Yeah. And a ten ring around that. So it's basically a field round, only we're shooting two arrows at an orange dot. Yeah, it's a different scoring system. It's eleven ten eight scoring, whereas a field round, you know, it's a five four three two one type scoring. Yep, and we get to know the distance, and we shoot anywhere from two feet to one hundred and see one hundred and two yards is the longest I've shot. Yeah, um, at an outlaw, um, 
and uh, I think the longest shot that they have is um, um, uh, West Valley. West Valley. Uh-huh. I think they usually have their shoot in March, which uh-huh. is like up near uh, Calusa. Like they, What's they that actually, long? I think they have like a one eleven. Oh no shit! Big turkey thing. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. But um, but anyways, for um, anyone that wants to shoot these, they're everywhere. A safari style shoot is pretty much any novelty shoot. If you, you know? go to the CBH website and you look at the uh, events calendar, yeah, you can pretty much find some kind of archery somewhere uh-huh. in the state of California, like almost every weekend. The alternative to this would be like a spot hog target. Would be like paper, but it's still shot the same way. It's an orange dot, eleven, ten, eight scoring. Right? Well, that's what's cool 11, about 10, that's what's cool about safari is that safari can be shot on paper or on a three D animal. Yeah, doesn't matter. You're yeah. you're basically shooting an orange dot. And these events are, I'm not gonna say year round, but they're almost year round. Yeah. They're like the second indoor season's over, you you can hit the ground running and start shooting these events. And uh, it, nothing is more fun than shooting safari. I think. I think uh, I, I I love safari and that's what's cool about Outlaw is Outlaw piggybacks on top of um, you know three of the best run shoots in the state. Uh-huh. So um, basically, um, the Outlaws is a a money shoot where uh, you have a, a teammate and uh-huh. you shoot for best ball, which means um, you shoot the best score. Right, high score on the team is the one that takes it. Right, and so it's team score. And and the team that has the highest score at the end of the day um, gets flighted um, the second day with the other teams that shot similar scores to you, and then typically there will be shootoffs at the end of the second right. day. Teams that are tied will will have to go to shootoffs. Uh, you know, it's funny. Another way, you, like if you want to know how you rank against other guys, you can go to Outlaws, and if you're a new, relatively new shooter, you get a six point handicap. Uh, they have a handicap system ranging from six points down to zero. And uh, as you progress in this sport and shoot higher and higher scores, you lose your handicap points. And there's an actual, like, formula if you shoot, you know, between there's this a, and there's this. There's a table on their website. Yeah. And if you but, shoot between certain scores, it'll tell you what your handicap is. And it's the perfect way, the per- perfect metric to see if you're getting better other than just tracking your scores. Yeah, they use, uh, they use your... Um any any safari shoot that you go to in the state, uh-huh. um, and then they your reading score, and then they also use um, a field score too. Yeah, like you use shot. a field score. Yeah, so if you show up an outline you've never shot an event before, unfortunately they'll make you a two. Oh really? Yeah, if you've never shot anything or don't have a, uh-huh. a score that just you've to shot, be safe. Yeah, so if if you've never shot, if you want to go to an outlaw shoot, and and you've never shot before, then I highly recommend like going to a club shoot. Go to a club shoot, see where shoot, you stand. Shoot a first. field score, uh-huh. or go to you know local club three D, or sorry, go to a, a local shoot in your area, uh-huh. um, and and shoot a score, and then you'll get you'll know what your handicap is. Right on. Yeah, but um, I think I think we should have like Randy Tucker and like Heather Tucker or Ben Hobbs. Or Tommy Daly on like I would really want them to like talk about outlaws and like what they do. Yeah, so and the sponsors that for people that don't know happen. the Tuckers pretty much organize and run the outlaws and uh, with Ben Hobbs and Tommy and Tommy Daly. Daly. Yeah, and I think they also do a lot for um, 
the Reading, uh, the Reading field, right? Yeah, Heather Tucker. She's the um, event uh, tournament coordinator for uh, the Straight Arrow. Straight Arrow. So, uh-huh. she she pretty much does all that. The register, her and uh, Pam's uh, St- uh, Steverson, I think. Uh huh. But I mean, there's a lot of people that make the Reading shoot happen, but. Yeah, I know Heather does a lot of work with that club. Right, right, and Outlaws. That's who you're talking to when you register. Yeah. What about the one? Oh, we're gone. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I think one other thing that someone had asked us about is like, what do you do if you're shooting and you're trying to get better and you got someone at your local club? Dude, I was totally about to do that. Go for it. How? How would no, you? No, no. How would Go you ahead. have worded it? So you said it perfectly, dude. One of our good friends asked us like, what do you do when there's someone that's constantly like, they're a, they're not happy for you. B, they're like trying to shit on you when you do good. Um, these guys, they exist. All right, you might be coming up in archery. You might be like a new guy, and you, if you're gonna, if you're getting good at archery, you're gonna rattle the person above you. You know what I mean? Like that. It's just the way it is. Uh, unfortunately, in archery, everyone looks at at ranges. You know, at clubs as like a as a ranked thing. And you will see where you fall inside that club, what your rank is. And if you're trying to get better and the guy above you is not getting better, you're going to you're going to take his place. You're going to get better than him. And uh, this causes people to feel threatened. It causes uh, like weird animosity. I've experienced it. It's jealousy. Yeah, it's jealousy. Rudy's experienced it. Like, it's just a common thing. This happens. So here's 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 what's interesting. Right. So like um, like going to club level. So we have you know, clubs throughout California. And then we have the shop teams and stuff. And you look at geographically where the best shooters are coming from right now within the state. And it's usually from places where the most senior person, or I'm going to say the most talented person or the person with the most experience is, is not, is not um, threatened by people coming up within their club or their team. If anything, they're, happy for that person for doing so well right and so you see you see that in like wilderness uh on their team you see that a lot of support there's a lot of a lot of support from like like mark rubio and and randy long those two we've said their name probably like a million times more 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 times than you guys want to hear those guys give us love and we're not even on their team yeah i mean you know these you know you have an environment where the the best person is wants to share their knowledge and and wants to see you grow um, Emerson, who um, we're going to be interviewing here pretty soon, um, I'm going to say has is that person at Redwood Bowman. Yeah. You know, he has um, encouraged and, and taught a lot of people in his club to elevate their game. I mean, honestly, would you would you be would it be fair to, for me to say and correct me if I'm wrong, that that a lot of your success is is um, based off of his teachings is is directly influenced from Emerson and yeah, his support entirely. And and has he and he, has he ever like shit on you for for doing better or beating him? No, no, never. If he, anything, he's happy for you. He's only been supportive when I do well, you know. And there's other guys at the club that also got to where they were because of Emerson. Like the, there's there's only a handful of freestyle compound guys uh, that shot at, at Rebo, but only Emerson was supportive. For me doing good. Yeah. The other guys were all bitchy and whiny, and sure enough, they end up falling off the sport. I mean, you know? I think, uh, like, at my club, you know, Jim and I uh, became really good friends, Jim uh-huh. Padilla, and, and we were very encouraging of each other, and we challenged each other, and there was never, like, this animosity. And unfortunately, I think um, to other people that, you know, they saw us doing well, 
um, you know, we did our best to try to encourage other people to, to do better. But uh-huh. fortunately at my club, it, it didn't happen. There wasn't a lot of, except for Randall was the only one at the uh-huh. time that wanted to get better. And so he became our friend and uh-huh. it's like, we became very supportive of each other. Um, but the people that, um, were jealous of us or who, who at one point when, before we were shooting and doing this, um, they were the top dogs in the club. They didn't like to see other people coming up. And right. I think that that caused... They get all threatened. Yeah. And so, you know, this message that we got from a friend of ours um, from, from another club, you know, it, this is normal human behavior. I mean, right. you, but, uh, but what I would want to encourage people to do is don't give up and don't, don't, let, don't let the negativity um, prevent you from doing what you got to do. Right. Because it will... Because uh, this person basically said in his message that uh, it it affected his shooting to the right. point to where he he felt his score was suffering. He sh- was suffering because it had gotten to his head so bad. Right. And, and so I would I would definitely say you know what it's like fuck those people, you know um, you know negative people suck. Yeah. And, negative um, people definitely suck. You know. And and if and if you're in that environment, create the environment. Um, you know, one of my students, um, shoots, um, down South and, and, you know, she's always telling me like, you know, you know, I want to, you know, I can't, I can't always come up to shoot with you guys and I can't always make it up there. And I said, well, then you have to create it. You know, I uh-huh. said, you have to, if you want to create an environment or you want to grow, you know, archer in your area, you know what, if it doesn't exist, then create it and yeah, make know? it happen. Find, find people that want to get better, encourage them. And and it might be a little bit slower, but at least, at least you and that other person can can set an example for other people, and hopefully, um, the positivity, you know, is contagious. And then and then pretty soon, you know, you guys are having leagues and you guys are competing with each other, um, you know, right. and 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 doing better. So, what would you say to this per our friend that wrote to us? What would you say to them? Like that that person's you know talking, trying inside your head. Maybe they maybe inadvertently get inside your head. Like, how do you deal with how do you deal with those kind of people? How have you dealt with them in the past? Well, I think uh, one thing uh, distraction training is important. Uh-huh. You know, so um, trying to shoot thing, with like firecrackers going on. Or... Well, I mean, you can't shoot with Jim Padilla and not get distracted at least once. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, we, especially when he's we, like putting porn in your face when you're trying to shoot. Personally. Jim and I would always like purposely mess with each other when we're shooting, but uh-huh. it was, it was like with the goal of okay, like we need to develop a thick skin. We need uh-huh. to focus. You need to focus. Yeah, and and uh, so there is a lot of like you know friendly trash talk and things like that. So, you know, just don't let it get too carried away to where then pretty soon people are dropping f bombs and punching each other in the face. But, <laughs> but you know, you do have to kind of sometimes you know give each other a hard time. And, and deal with it, develop that thick skin to where, you know, if you if you get in a situation that someone's really being really obnoxious and is personally attacking you, uh-huh. you just you you just it's in one ear out the other. Yeah. I gotta say Is that what you're asking? Well, I handled it in an entirely different way. I used to keep a shooting journal and I used to write, you know, such and such person said this to me today. Uh they did this to me, like, oh, I'm gonna train my ass off and I'm gonna ruin them. I'm gonna you know, and to be fair, that's, that's not the that's pretty dark. It's dark and it's not good for you. Um, and sure enough, I trained my ass off and I ended up burying them at every indoor league that we shot. The the thing is, though, 
what do you do after that point? You know what I mean? If that's your only goal is to beat one person, you're only going to be that good. Oh, you man, know? I, I'm so glad you said that. But uh, what happened was halfway through this journey of getting better to beat this person, time just made it not important. I just ended up letting it go because I enjoyed the process of practicing and getting better so much that, yeah, I ended up beating this person. So, so, so your motives originally were not pure, but then eventually they were. Yeah, they kind of became pure. And it's kind of strange because I'm not of pure mind, like, ever. I am always, <laughs> I am always twisted and corrupt, and if, I, I know I might seem nice and friendly, but I am truly like. Just so you, everybody knows, like, um, you know, Jim and myself pretty much have to talk Wendell off a ledge almost every day. Oh, I am pissed all the time. Like uh, people say some like underhanded comments to me constantly, and I'm just a little ball of rage, you know. And uh, people got to tell me to just cool it, but uh, that. That ball of rage originally fueled me to get my ass out and practice. And, um, you know, in the process, I kind of lost the rage. And, and now I'm, you know, a little more passive uh, or more of a pacifist. But Yeah, the last few months you've been a lot more chill. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's not much to get angry at anymore. Well, in all fairness, though, I mean, you were doing so well. I, I did see the personal attacks at you where it was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flat out say, everybody like there, there was people here locally in the bay area that were so like attacking wendell so bad because they were so jealous to see him move up so quickly um to to the point to where they they had hired or given money to somebody to distract him purposely at a yeah and that's weak that's, and that, and that's especially uh, some small time amateur like this is cl- like indoor league is less than amateur it's just you're just working out, you know? It's practice. It's practice. Well, what? Yeah. So, but that just goes to show. That stuff's out there. People get jealous. You rattle their cage, you know? And uh, you could be like me and be sadistic and enjoy rattling cages. Or, you know, you could have a pure mind like Rudy and, and do it for the love of the game. Oh, no. Internally, like, when, when I was dealing with my with my, with my my drama, like, I, I, I just kept it kind of bottled up. And then it actually turned into, like, one major blowout. To where it almost came to fists. Really? Yeah. But, oh, damn. like, it, it was just, like... You give them the, the old double leg, well, double it, tap. Well, it, it, it came... It, eventually, what, what happened was, um, you know, the individual that, in you know, my opinion was, like, just being a total jerk to me and, like, just... And, 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 I, and, I, and I never really... Uh, we never really talked about, like, what caused it. You uh-huh. know, I have my, my theory, uh-huh. my theories about it. But um, it basically, um, it, it started off with um, this individual actually going out there, e- even within our group of friends, like really saying some pretty like fucked up shit about me and Jim. Really? Yeah. And, and then we even had like people walk up to us after we were done shooting. They're going like, wow, you guys are actually really cool. Like we didn't like, like you weren't anything like what so-and-so said you were. <laughs> It's like, not anything like that guy Wendell said about you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Wendell. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was like it was one of those things. So, like, so basically, what happened with me is like one day I showed up at the club and I was like, and I saw the dude and I was like, hey man, how's it going? And then he just like, 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 like flat out ignored me. And you were like, fuck you. And I was like, and I and I looked at him and I was like, dude, I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Uh-huh. And then he's like, what? And I was like, dude, I'm like, you've been like a dick to me, like my like. The, 
ever since I've known you and it's like I've been nothing but like friendly to you like you know we know all this we have all the same friends like we know all the same people and it's just like you know and and like he couldn't really like give me a straight answer he's just like I don't like the way you operate and I don't like the way you kind of come in and go he's like you're dangerous well he just like like (laughs) it was like it was crazy you know and so like I had like this moment where like I uh you know was just like what like what like I I seriously thought I had done something wrong you know and and eventually like we ended up hugging it out and then like we kind of worked it out that's gay but, you know, I mean, it's better than shanking the guy, I'm sure. No, but it, it's like, you know, this stuff happens in clubs, especially. You All know, I'm saying is guy who wronged Rudy, you're lucky it was Rudy, because if you did that shit to me, you'd be shanked. Well, yeah, see, there's a difference between one already. And, and like I said, I'm only the only reason I'm sharing this experience is because like, you know, so people can hear like, well, yeah, because there's ways to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't don't let club drama don't let personal bs stop you from from shooting like yeah don't let it interrupt this yeah. thing that you love to do this because shooting archery for the love of shooting archery is is why we're in it i mean because here's the thing right let's say you quit archery and then you decide to take up another hobby uh-huh right it's like if you go to like play pool or you go to play like i don't know any any sport or any you know sport that has a, a club environment uh-huh. just it's going to be the same exact people, just different names and faces. Yeah. You're going to rattle some cages in There's whatever always, your other hobby every is. sport, every club. Slot car racing, you know, or, I don't know, what was that? Bocce ball, you know? Maybe you roll That's that. actually a thing. Yeah. There's world championships in San Francisco. Maybe I, you roll that ball a little closer than some other old Italian guy. He's going to give you the finger and pay some lady to whisper in your ear when you're trying to roll your ball. You know, it's just going to fuck your shit <laughs> up. Funny. I, it's funny because, like, when I go to different clubs and it's funny, like, like you see, like, uh, when you're going through registration or you're just, like, seeing how they kind of, like, function. I, I like to observe people and, like, it's funny, like, I'm watching, like, all these people at different clubs and I'm, like, I'm, like, that's so-and-so from my club. That's so-and-so for like... You like can see I, I can see like exactly who that person is. Like the archetypes, kind of. Yeah, I, it's like the the doppelganger of the person at my club. Uh huh. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I think this is. Uh, we gotta get ready to head up to Oregon. Yeah, we're just waiting for Emerson to get here so we can uh, get in a car. I think he's here. Yeah, I think yeah he's been texting us. Um. Anyways, guys. Um. I think we're gonna wrap it up and. Uh, Next send up, us a message. Yep. Let us know what you want to hear. Next up is Emerson. That's going to be the next pod, uh, next interview. Emerson Moncrez. So um, we'll uh, on, go to our Facebook page, uh, Rudecast Archery, and um, send you know send us an email at rudecastarchery uh, at gmail dot com, and uh, let us know if there's any questions that you have for Emerson. Uh, we're going to be recording it in two days, so. Uh, make it quick and get them in quick and just for the record the Hoyt buckskin color is actually pretty badass but yeah I think you need to stop drinking sake before (laughs) we do this (laughs) alright guys we out we out that will conclude this evening's entertainment 